0: Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. What about f***ing Colin? Why does he not have a f***ing job? Because he's still being whiteballed. Why is Tom not speaking out about that? He should be his biggest f***ing ally. And he hasn't said one f***ing thing. A lot of people that have come on this show, I don't know why, they've gotten some good f***ing jobs afterwards. Jim Rome in the jungle, It's right here in the sports deli, baby. We <laughs> got some good ass karma right here. Let's fucking <laughs> <probably> go! Hello, <laughs> man, I love oh, man. it. We hope you enjoy today's show, everyone. All right, let's rock and roll. We're so honored to welcome Sherry Kemp, Vice President and Executive Producer for Broadcast Distribution for Athletes Unlimited. Right, but wow, we both have yellow balls uh, too. Mine says "year one."
1: So oh, Yours doesn't wow. oh, say this. no, sure? it does
0: not. Absolutely not. Hey, but here's I would a love drop to have ball. One of those. Okay, here's a
1: drop ball. You can go here. Okay. And if you, and, and you can That's let the come off the okay. end of your fingers. Okay. And you'll get a little bit of tail if you're right hand or tail right. Or you could go here. This is how I threw it. And I actually turned it over to make it spin down. You know, I grew up playing outside until your parents called you in. I wouldn't change any of it for the world. All of that certainly contributed to me being the athlete that I was, and uh, hopefully to being a contributor as a, as a human
0: find out more about World Day of Social Justice, Google the United Nations and social justice, and it'll be the first link that comes up. She was born in St. Joseph, Missouri, which in case you were wondering, like I was, where in the hell is St. Joseph, Missouri? <laughs> it's a couple miles from the Kansas state line and about 54 minutes from Kansas City. She got her undergrad in English from Missouri Western State University, whereas a two-sport student athlete like me She played intercollegiate softball and basketball. Tennis was my second sport, along with basketball. She completed her master's degree in telecommunications and film right near me here at San Diego State University. She loves dogs and cats. She (laughs) won a World Cup with the U.S. national team in 1992, four years before softball made its Olympic debut. She ran the Club K Softball Clinic in Tennessee and has been a softball broadcast analyst and producer as well as commissioner of the National Pro Fast Pitch League. She loves traveling, downtime, the grind and hustle, especially when looking for others when she's hiring. You can find her on Twitter at Sherry Kempf. Kempf is a little tricky. It's not necessarily <laughs> how it sounds, it's K E M P F, where she has 16,000 followers. Damn. And of course, you can go to Athletes Unlimited at AU Pro Sports. Uh, and I know we mentioned it earlier, but I do want to shout out the nearly uh, 50,000 people who have lost their lives uh, in Turkey and Syria, as well as uh, those that lost their lives uh, on the campus of Michigan State University. Um, but Sherry, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're so honored to have you on the 51st anniversary of Title IX, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially Sherry Kempf and anyone related to athletes.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm tickled to be on here.
0: Yeah, I know you. You've been doing this a long time, and uh, you know, I I always try and um, you know talk about things that have these intersections. You know, not only between sports and you know necessarily social injustice and equality and leadership, but mental health. And you know, when when you're a pioneer uh, and a part of something that's um, the first of its kind truly uh innovatively and in so many ways broadcast wise uh it must rejuvenate you and give you a shot in the arm after you know being a professional in multiple spaces you know throughout the years and so you know i definitely want to get to that part of it because it's exciting for me um to see something unlike anything we've ever seen in this space before with women's sports but but what was it like growing up uh in St. Joseph, Missouri, with a population of 71,602.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I will tell you, I said this, uh I said this last year at a, a ceremony in Saint Joseph, is that I believe I grew up in exactly the right place at exactly the right time with exactly the right people. Um, and referencing my family first, and then just um that environment that existed in Saint Joseph. Uh, I think it was, um, you know, you, there were sports seasons. So you mentioned at the top that I actually played two sports in college. And I will say I played a season of tennis. So since you brought it up, but, uh, but, you know, I grew up, you know, you played basketball and that season started and ended and then you played softball and that season started and ended. And so we were able to diversify, Um, I had a neighborhood uh, full of boys that, uh, you know, we divided up, picked teams. We had a basketball hoop in the backyard that had zero grass underneath it. There's probably still no grass growing there uh, because we beat it down so, so hard. But, you know, so for me, up at a time when.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's funny because Jay Billis, when he was on the show, talked about how horrendous his high school experience was. And so, uh, you know, Maybe there's some coaches that listen to this, but what advice would you give based on your tremendous experience, not only with your familial support, you know, obviously you had uh, coaches that impacted you because you wanted to continue to play in college. Whereas a lot of people quit Uh, and women have a much higher rate and girls have a much higher rate of quitting. And so we want, obviously, in the next 50 years uh, to honor Title IX and to continue to evolve in this space you know, to make sure that we we have numbers that continue to rise in terms of participation. So what would you say? Because Jay Billis came on and said, the guy was a good dude, he was just a horrible coach. And we have no certification for basketball coaches. And I know you're representing the umbrella of Athletes Unlimited from the broadcast side with regards to volleyball and lacrosse and softball and basketball, but it is women. And we are talking about representation. And it starts at a young age. And so what things did you take from your childhood that you could share with other coaches or parents that would help young girls understand that it's not just about the sport, but it's the camaraderie, it's the life skills, and you may not realize a lot of the stuff that is invaluable to you in your life until later. Uh, so that we continue to increase participation because it's still way below what, what boys are in terms of numbers.
1: Well, I think there's a couple of easy, easy ones. When I look at at growing up and playing, so first of all, when I was 12, my parents weren't weren't counting on me playing softball or basketball in college to cover the cost. Um, so that wasn't, you know, we were playing because it was fun. My parents, my grandparents, my family that was watching me were watching me play and were proud of me because it was fun, and it wasn't. Uh, this just positioned her better to get more money for college right. or to get now. You know, you're talking about NIL deals and you know a lot of other things. I'm sure um, that that parents are interested in. But so I would say, don't take the fun out of it. Uh, I, I think as as whether you're a male coach or a female coach, I think you have to understand that that a lot of times in in women's and girls sports, it is about the camaraderie. and it is about um, you know, having fun besides just being super intense in a sport. So I think um I think that is an a number one thing to remember because it doesn't matter how talented someone is or how accomplished or how good they are. Uh, if they're not having fun, they're not going to want to keep doing it. That's just common sense. So I think that, and then I think, um, I think that a lot of times adults sit around and it, with their adult brains and they, I, I learned this when I taught pitching, pitching is actually fundamentally a, a simple thing to talk about. It's not a simple thing to do, but it's a simple thing. The mechanics are fairly simple. I listened to people talk about pitching. It sounded like they were splitting atoms. I mean, it was, I I couldn't even follow along and I had written a book on it. So um, it's, I I think, keep it simple. Um, You know, I think that I believe in the Harvey Pinnock uh, little red book of golf. And that is one thing at a time, not, you know, don't tell somebody 14 things to do. And um, I think you realize, even if you're taking the trash out, it's there. it is. There's that book. I love it. Do you have the green one too? The little red book in green. Here it comes. One thing at a time. Blue. All right. There it is. I love it. Very simple. If you haven't read that one, you, uh, I recommend it to everyone, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, even if you're taking the trash across the driveway, you don't want somebody to tell you every step to make. And if you do, it's, it's just going to take the fun. It's just going to sap you. So back to, to uh, recommendation A, keep it fun.
0: It's a great point you make because uh, it's a delicate balance because you and I are more old school. And I've talked about this a few times, but not many. There's often a disconnect with an old school coach and micromanaging and do as I say and shut up and dribble versus allowing them to blossom. You know, and find their way and just guide them and be a bridge and be a vessel and nurture them, which is not something that we always talked about in the old days, you know, nurturing the student athlete. Right. So but how was it for you in college? Like and during the recruiting process, were you nurtured? Were you did they care about you as a person or was it just could you ball? Yeah,
1: it was all about that. It was all about that. You know, I think that was that's that is uh, that mentality from that time, and it was all about just just if you played. I do want to say something about. I want to kind of tag what you were saying there. You know, again, a lot of times I mentioned people thinking things up in their adult brains. I used to have people, I used to have parents come in, and it was dads always. So I'll just say that, but um but they would come into a pitching lesson with their 10-year-old little adorable daughter who was somewhat talented and they would say "Sherry I've been thinking about this and I thought and da, da, da. And like, oh my gosh you know why are you thinking about you know girls softball you've obviously spent hours on this so anyway I think um I think people get carried away with it and in softball right now there's a there's a, I think, a huge problem in that because what you mentioned the, in old Are school. Are you talking about years, parents? Yeah, yeah. But we might not have been, cons- you know, the nurturing thing may not have existed. But I'll tell you what else didn't exist when I was 13 years old, a coach calling pitches. You, your 13-year-old catcher was calling the pitches and she was learning how to play softball because, she, again, reminder, alert, she is the player. The girls are the players. So now you go to any, any somewhat serious, anything travel, you can probably find it anywhere. There's some, there's some person over there that probably has charts and, you know, piles of information and is feeding, you know, calling every pitch because they they're fun. But what they don't understand is they're right smack dab in the middle of a girl's softball game as a, you know, 35 year old man. And that's, I I think that's not where you need to be.
0: It's so interesting. I didn't think we were going to go down this road, but I I think it's really important because I just had a conversation with somebody who said, yeah, I think I'm going to have um, a summer ball with my team. And my response was because I've pivoted in this space because my club team as a professional basketball skills trainer is only about trying your Moves in the summer to see if they work. If you don't try, this is actually the Bill Walton philosophy, and I thought he was bananas when he said this at UCLA 35 years ago. He said, "When you go play in the summer, shoot every shot, do every move, because you won't know if it works if you don't try it in pressure 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 situations." And so I tell my, I have to tell my players, if you're 0 for 8 from the floor from three in the summer, and I do it during the year too, but especially in summer. And you don't shoot the ninth shot, I'm taking you out. Yeah. There's no way that you can build your confidence if you don't try the moves, if you don't understand nuance. There's body language. There's eye contact. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. And to all the coaches out there, please, in the fall, spring, summer, the non-traditional seasons, please allow your players to evolve and let them fail. Let them try stuff. Well, you can't be...
1: Yeah, you can't be on all the time. There's right. a time to learn. There's a time to absolutely. learn. And then there's a time for, you know, where, where you're under the gun and you're, you're going to test everything. But uh, in, in, I guess the highest level of competition, if you're in athletics, but you have to have that time where like you're saying, it, it doesn't matter. You just need right. to, you need to get fight through the experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, balancing things in college, uh, did you? You had a great experience, and then uh, you, did you plan on playing professionally after? You were uh, D two, no. right?
1: when when I I was at when I was at Missouri Western, it was NAIA.
0: It was NAIA. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so that's not to say there's not a lot of D one level players at, at NAIA. Just so everybody understands that right there is uh but you chose that probably what maybe it was close to home it was
1: my hometown yeah it was 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 my hometown and and so um you know i think for me uh again i got to play two sports i did balance things if anything suffered if you had social and sports and school uh may have come in you could interchange the top two. The the third one was always in the same place. But um but yeah I I, I was able to balance it and enjoy it. And my friends, you know, I I I had plenty of time for everything really.
0: But well, you represented our country. <laughs> <laughs> Man like uh-huh. I you know I'm Jewish so I've thought about well I've tried out three times and didn't make it every time the Maccabiya games you know when I was younger. And so, you know, that's just representing your country, and, you know, in the, in the Jewish space. But what, what's it like, uh, you know, were you around Jenny? Uh, no, I'm quite a bit older than Jenny. Okay. You don't look it. Thank you. You're welcome. Somebody
1: called me her mom once and I was pretty thrilled. I'm like, do we favor?
0: So referencing Jenny Finch. But, you know, there's some people that, you know, have made, you know, softball in particular popular um and you know that's a space that um just like any other women's and girls' sports, can really you know bring out uh you know the the real personality of a person because softball and and volleyball, there's more cheering and and more you know um outgoing you know mm-hmm. uh, expectations than any other sport. So did that, did that help that you have to cheer constantly? Because basketball is a little bit different, right? In that way.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a little different. I, you know, on the national team, you weren't, you weren't constantly cheering like you're imagining, but um, (laughs) yeah, but to to your point, I mean, I, I, anybody that knows me, I you know I'm a I'm a true it shouldn't shock you to know I'm a team sports girl you know yeah. I I I really liked all of that I enjoyed all of that I I often think about you know like golfers and tennis players and to me it yeah. seems like such a lonely space you know I mean there's just nobody to go in and make a joke with or high five with if you're having a an off day or a bad day or celebrate with if you're having a a good day so Um, I, you know, it's just a different mentality and I was a team sports person. So I, I certainly, you know, lean into that.
0: What did you take from softball and bring it over to basketball and vice versa that you think helped with the other sports?
1: Well, so I was a pitcher in softball and, and I was always, um, you know, I threw hard. That was what I was known for. So at a young age, that was it was, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm boasting or bragging. Cause I don't mean it that way. I'm making a comparison. It was, I was, it was easier for me to be dominant. It was easier for me to um, succeed. So I think I was good enough at basketball, but it, it wasn't natural for me to star in basketball. So when, especially when I got to college, um, I had gone to a small country high school where I was able to do really well in basketball. Um, But when I got to college, I, you know, I sat, we had a, we had a junior varsity and a varsity and I was sitting the bench on junior varsity in my freshman year. So it was quite a, uh, you know, an eye opener. Um, And then, you know, college, it gets rougher. It gets, you know, it's not just being about being tall. It's about being able to hold some space. And I was six foot. So I should have been at that time. Now, now it's not, now you're, wow. you know, you're a short guard at six foot, but at that time you were, you were playing under the, you should be playing under the basket. And and I'm telling you, they moved me around under there. Like I was a, you know, straw in a tornado. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, you played four
0: years of college ball too. I did, man. Shout out to you for like, not saying, uh, the hell with this, you know, basketball thing. I'm just going to do softball. And you, and you stuck it out, even though you were sitting on the bench on the JV in college. I mean, I played JV in high school as a junior, which was, I don't know if I was humiliated or embarrassed. I, I honestly, I was just excited to to be on the team. Yeah. You know? uh, but wow, in college, when you were so good at one thing, you could have just been like, this is this is malarkey. Yeah, so, man, I, I really appreciated
1: it. I appreciated the experience. And I, you know, when I when I left, I had set the scoring record at that time with two point shots, but it's, that was rewarding because I think not that it wasn't rewarding to, to pitch and to compete in in softball as well, but that one, I felt like I had to work at a little more.
0: Yeah. That's why you understand the grind and the hustle maybe now differently than a lot of people that don't have to overcome things and other things come easier to you. You know, there maybe some other things in your life. Wow, that's amazing. I love that part of the story. Um, how is it to be working around? Because you, you were trying to navigate one space, <laughs> and then this Athletes Unlimited thing happened. And if there's anything, you know, between, uh, you know, your professional career and fast-forwarding to where you're at now, and you want to, you know, talk about that and its impact, you know, um, not only in your life, but, you know, how – you're able to help pay it forward now in this space, please feel free to share. But, you know, you, Jay Bill has talked about this also, how you're going down the road thinking you're going to be a lawyer like Jay and Coach K comes calling. You're at a crossroads and you got to make a decision. And he's been on ESPN ever since. Yeah. You know, you've been on ESPN, but what was it like how did you feel when you were trying to start something and then all of a sudden athletes unlimited came calling and you're like i don't know about this but i don't know what if i'm what i'm trying to do is working either and you know leap of faith kind of thing What? what, what how was it for you
1: ah uh, well i will tell you i there's there have been some moments and and really you know i had a um 70,000 square foot training facility that I actually owned half half of even the structure and may I made a decision to leave training private training after a decade and, and go with ESPN but it seemed natural to me because I I did really like being on TV and talking about college softball and helping to hopefully helping to grow the game in that way so it even though the decisions I think are hard, I think that at least for me, there was some clarity too. like, it felt like this is the right place to be. Um, And same thing with athletes unlimited. I had, I had been the commissioner uh, of national pro fast pitch for 13 years. And it was a lot of, you know, the truth is it was uphill backwards in a snowstorm. It was, it was hard. Uh, That league, um, you know, it was constantly trying to um, make it work. It was qu- it was a question from year to year. So for 13 seasons, there was a lot of um, of things that were rewarding in there that it, that we existed. But when uh, John patrickoff called me about Athletes Unlimited, you know he was a breath of fresh air to be honest and initially it wasn't about you know they they weren't they didn't even know if they were gonna have softball as a sport and so it was just conversations it was just talking I enjoyed talking to him and and hearing that you know that they were going some of the ideas which were very rough at the time but um it never was it, it became hey, let me cooperate because right away, John was like, we don't, it's not our goal to compete with the NPF. It's if we end up going in softball, we don't want to wipe people out. We want to be another opportunity for women in this space. And what I knew was we had women that were leaving professional softball because they couldn't afford to play. So if they could play three months in the NPF, And at the end of the NPF, you could go to Athletes Unlimited for five or six weeks and make another $20,000. That was going to put probably put our players in a space that they could keep playing professionally longer. So I was all for it. And we had a cooperative partnership between the league and Athletes Unlimited. And then it kind of just evolved. I mean, COVID hit. Uh, athlete, uh, the national pro fast pitch league, just simply yeah. from a financial standpoint, could not put the testing and everything that was needed in place for that. So it was kind of, it was kind of natural. I'm not going to tell you it was easy and it was a foregone conclusion, but, yeah. um, but it was certainly, you know, a tremendous opportunity for me.
0: Yeah. Shout out to John Patrickoff, uh, CEO and co-founder of athletes unlimited, So tell everyone who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, you know, not only from the standpoint of there's four women's sports, you know, seasonally uh, in one area, Uh, they don't travel, you know, from Dallas to San Diego, you know, and then the uniqueness of the scoring systems, uh, man, that sure makes it exciting. It's sort of like fantasy, but the team aspect also in a way.
1: Yeah, it's okay. so Amazing. hard to believe. Um, I, I should. I, it's kind of. I shouldn't say that, but it's hard to believe how much, in in going against probably the norm and the easy things of looking at how everyone else is doing it and just sort of mimicking that. No, yeah. athletes unlimited did really flipped it. T- team sports and the competition on its head to some degree, and how many things. We're right, you know, we're just ended up playing out perfectly, really. And so, um, you know, I think that if you're looking at Athletes Unlimited, first of all, the co founders, you mentioned John Patrickoff, who's our CEO, and then Jonathan Soros, um, who is right. a co founder. And I think that what they did was really look at sports and identify the things that maybe could be better or um was be, it an
0: issue of trying to get more viewership with women without compromising the integrity of each of those respective sports
1: I think I, I don't know that that was ever a driver I think that the driver was to empower athletes and enable athletes a lot more than they've ever been uh in professional sports to uh create a platform where they could be more than just athletes or they could have voices and they could be civic leaders and uh society, uh, societal leaders, and that this leagues or the leagues would really empower these women and give or the athletes in general and give them a platform. And I think that was kind of where it all started. And then to take some of the things like, you know, it it are sort of hashtag is every moment counts. And I think that that can, if you hear it a lot, you can think it's a cliche, but it's not. For us, It it is kind of the foundation. And that is to make every minute in a competition have a bearing ultimately. So you take these athletes in softball, it's in our championship season, it's 60 players. They all go to one location And then they also all go on a leaderboard, one to 60. So, no one's ever seen that in team sports. You see that in individual sports, race cars, uh, you know, NASCAR, um, golf, tennis, you see that. But in team sports, you've never seen people broken out of that team um, dynamic. So, they all go on the leaderboard and then they score points different ways. And what I think a lot of people Thought was going to happen with that leaderboard was that it, it, including the players. When I was first giving pitches to softball players to come in the league, they were really skeptical of this concept. Is it going to be dog eat dog? Is it going to turn right. us against one another? That and that's not why I play softball, you know, to, to go for myself. But it really doesn't. It does the opposite because you get the most points for winning innings and winning games. So. I think it had the reverse effect that maybe everyone anticipated, but that leaderboard determines the captains each week, the top four people on the leaderboard are team captains and they draft their teams. So every week, those four teams, that's a one time in history that you're going to see those 15 women compete together on that team. So it's pretty neat, really. And there's that's a lot fascinating of
0: fascinating stuff, man. This is awesome.
1: And there's a lot to think about. Like as soon in softball, you think about things like, uh, what are your batteries? You know, right. what pitcher, what kind of pitching staff do you have? Well, who's catching them? Who are your big hitters? And right away when those teams draft out, you're like, who's going to, we had the, we had the bas- first basketball draft of 2023 yesterday. And in the chat oh. on YouTube, people are already like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe those two are going to be together. And, you know, so it's super fun <laughs> for fans.
0: Yeah, that's awesome um yeah definitely i've never seen anything like it uh and it's you know each week it's five weeks Softball as every sport every one of the four sports all five weeks
1: the championship seasons are five weeks lacrosse is four that's an exception and then we have um last year we expanded softball with a condensed version called aux yeah and that is right around two weeks it's a, just a little north
0: yeah. So you mentioned you got a lot of things right, right from the jump, even though there wasn't necessarily pushback. There was just some apprehension maybe. Uh, but what changes after the first year did you make in softball and basketball in particular and maybe, maybe volleyball and cross that you you said, OK, this isn't working or maybe we should do this differently. And then that's been implemented for this year, if anything.
1: Not a lot, really. At times, yeah. we look at the scoring system. You know what? How? Uh, what value is placed on winning? What value is placed on individual stats? And and break those out. So in softball, how much should they get for a strikeout? How much or an out? How much should they get for a double? So I think the player executive committees that exist in each one of those sports really take a close look at at all of that, but it's not at all what you would think. We asked the softball players after season 1. We asked them the question was would will you, if you're not retiring, there were a few people that were retiring. If you're not retiring, will you come back if asked? And it was 100% yes.
0: And so, wow. you
1: know, that's a that's a good feeling and it's it's the best validation of all.
0: Let me ask you about um the impact of not only giving them voices and how empowering that is and not only for them, but for you to be around that so many incredible women. I mean, that's a lot of women in four sports that it's just gotta be contagious. (laughs) Like it just has to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I will tell you, I feel like even when I was in broadcasting, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but as I started to age in broadcasting, I would, um, as that, as that, those players started to be not my generation. Mm -hmm. So I would talk to them. Maybe I would talk to them in a post-game interview on the field. Um, I would talk to them pre and I, I started, I remember the moment when I started thinking to myself, how impressed I was with these young women, how well they spoke. And I, I thought to myself, even though I was a good player at that age, I couldn't have I couldn't have interviewed like this. I couldn't have had my thoughts together as well as they do. And so I think that was the start of of me being impressed. Um, and then I think that's just increased. And I think in Athletes Unlimited, you certainly are in this environment where, it's, um, encouraged and it's nurtured and it is, uh, enabled it to the nth degree. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I'm impressed. I remain impressed. I think these women have a lot to say. I think they've given a lot of thought to the, to the things they comment on. And I'm not talking about their respective sports. I'm talking about the world and, uh, the things that are going on around them a lot and their teammates and so um, it's I, I'm really lucky that may be the, the biggest thing of all to be able to watch. And I'll tell you one other thing that I um, am really grateful for for Athletes Unlimited, and that is to come to get beyond one sport. I was I was in softball right. for so long in every facet of it. And to be able to be up close and personal with professional basketball and professional lacrosse and professional volleyball, Um, It's really, it's a really cool thing. And it's neat to see sort of the nuances uh, of differences between the athletes, um, sport to sport. But I mean, I was at the draft yesterday with basketball, and you, you you are not going to see personalities. I mean, we do weekly drafts in every sport. Basketball are over the meter with their personalities in the draft. I mean, it's I'm sitting there, you know, calling the show and just la- finding myself laughing at them. So um, and, and really just enjoying um, the, the their picks and their personalities.
0: Man, that's just priceless. Um, do you see advertisers? Uh, and because, you know, I'm in this influencer program with Amazon. And so let me give you an example. Well, th- with the podcast first, you don't have to be in the media for 20 years to start a podcast and make inroads. You don't have to pay your dues, good or bad. And so I'm in this influencer program. And so I do videos and photos for anything sold on Amazon. And if somebody likes what they see in my video and they happen to come across it, And they purchase it, I get a percentage. So now you didn't know if that was going to work initially, right? Amazon sold books. Right. Now look at Amazon. And so now I can go to that company if I want to look for a brand deal and say, hey, I don't know, Bounty, the quicker picker upper, whatever, and say, hey, I'm already doing a video. I already like your product. It's successful. You know, if you like what you see, let me know, and maybe we can talk shop. So in that same, you know, line of thinking, is there a whole new world that's opened up because of the success after that first year, you know, and year two now with regards to sponsors and advertisers and how you can not only do it on television, but through social media uh, and other means where, you know, people are just swiping, you know, versus watching television, which is where the advertisers used to promote their products. And that's just not how it is anymore.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I will tell you this, like, I I think we have some, some really great partners, um, that, that we're proud of that you see anywhere, um, you see our content, whether that's, uh, social or broadcast, uh, Nike, um, Geico, Air National Guard. You know we have some we have some really tremendous uh, partnerships and some folks that we're really happy to to be engaged with. But you know I read an article the other day that NASCAR is celebrating its seventy fifth anniversary, I believe, and they are announced a record setting fifty five sponsors partners. That's not happening in women's sports. Period.
0: Right. So should, should there be a law? That requires and there's been some talk about this that mandates the same amount of uh funding yeah but but
1: that's title nine in in real life uh outside of um you know (laughs) government funded um entities but it'll probably you know that's just not going to happen but people people should see value you know we in athletes unlimited we are as enabled to exploit a product product more so because if you think about nascar it's a sticker this big on a car maybe it's a sticker this big um as or opposed to a whole building or right. uh you know whatever it might be you know but i think that I, i'm not i'm not knocking nascar but i'm just telling you that i think a lot of times opportunities aren't weighed um without bias. I think that there's just an automatic mindset that that we need to be with with boys and men instead of um, the opportunities that are emerging with women. And listen, that's going to make the difference. That will make the difference. Corporate partnership will determine that women can be full time professionals and that they can thrive at a sport they're born to play uh, as they should um, as compared to their male counterparts. And so um, you know, I think that's still the hump we have to get over. I think you're seeing some really great people spend money in women's sports, but not a, not a large volume in any way yet.
0: Not yet, man. Fascinating conversation. All right. Let's get to the uh, fun part, the rapid fire, this or that uh, portion of the podcast. Anything else you want to fill in, feel free on the stage. will be yours at the end before we uh, let you go uh who's your favorite uh basketball player of all time either gender i'm going with cheryl swoops man we've been trying to get cheryl on the show forever
1: oh that should be easy
0: man yeah there's a few people that, but she's just you know it's she's cheryl she's the goat I'm uh yeah do you do you have a favorite male player that you used to love to watch being from the midwest
1: you know if i'm just watching highlights or something like that i think the most impressive i'm gonna pick kobe wow and and I, and, and this is why i'm gonna pick him because he because he showed up at the big moments there are a lot of amazing athletes that are amazing when you're ahead by 10 but when you're behind by 10, there's not a lot of people that can put you on their back and say, nope, we're going to win this one. And, and I always uh, liked that about him. And he did it for years and years.
0: I wasn't necessarily going to go down this rabbit hole, but you reminded me of something. I don't know why it popped into my head. But you look at uh, Megan Rapino and Sue Bird, not only as a power couple, but you, using their platform, leveraging their platform in a way to speak out about a number of issues. And we've seen women almost always at the forefront. You know, there's Muhammad Ali and there's, you know, people on the men's side, obviously, Arthur Ashe. And I've been – and if you don't want to go down this rabbit hole, you don't have to. But just the concept of what you guys, like you said, enable and encourage. Uh, You know, you got these white quarterbacks in the NFL who have not leveraged their platform in the most popular sport in – in the United States, at least, not in the world, but in the United States, American football. And so in particular, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, uh, Tony Romo, and Troy Aikman. Those guys, and Aaron Rodgers. Those guys I've been uh, super critical of, uh, and they don't have to do one thing, just like anybody else. Not leveraging their platform to talk about equality, and sometimes they will if there's a specific issue like Brittany Grine or something like that um, or social injustice. And so do you, do you have any thought, do you get irritated? Is it something that upsets you when you don't see those white privileged quarterbacks uh, other than a slogan here or there not doing what they could, especially for social injustice and women?
1: I do think that some people... Are better and more and and more natural at s-
0: just even in public
1: verbalizing a, a cause, you know. Like right. so, I I was kind of I'm kind of trained. You won't see me make any really overt statements, uh, other than at times try to show support for something. And quite frankly, that's a product of getting my hand slapped a couple of times as the commissioner of the NPF, like, you know, by owners don't take a position. This is your alienating a part of our people. So I, I, I'm more of a different generation where I guess, uh, you had to be careful about that, but I see some of our players who are just outstanding at it. They feel, they feel comfortable in that space. They're natural in that space, uh, and they're unintimidated by it. And so I think Sometimes I would tell you that I think um, people are more comfortable uh, or, or not in doing that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're lame or weak or, um, I guess, um, open, to, well, everybody's open for criticism, but I don't think it's necessarily a, a shortcoming with them to not say it.
0: That's a different opinion than I've heard before, and I appreciate it. And 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 people can do things behind closed doors, right? Eileen Hauser, not many people know who she is, and she's done a lot, not only at Nike. Ray Pond did a lot at Nike. Nobody even knows who she is, but the women of the WNBA know who they are. You know, and you could, like you said, be of a different generation, do things behind closed doors and in a different way, just because that's your, your comfort zone. But, uh, you know, to, to me, it's just – it's so frustrating to see those guys, none of them, not one of them. Yeah. You think that one of those six guys at six, will, however many it is, would, would be more consistent because the only people we really see is J.J. Redick, Rex Chapman, you know, some of the, the NBA guys. So anyways, I, I, I just like to talk about it because um, it drives me nuts. It just, <laughs> and like you said, and, and Tom Brady is part of a coalition behind closed doors that he supports yeah. a lot of these things, but he doesn't do it publicly. And that's my main issue is like publicly, you could do something thoughtfully and educate people and go outside your comfort zone and use your effing white privilege uh, because you and I are of an older generation and you know, I've always had a big mouth. So this isn't hard for me, but for someone, if it's hard, you know, if it's hard for someone you know, like you or someone else, um, you know, at what, point, like, what would it take for you to say, oh, hell no. Like I've never spoken out about anything, but there's no way I'm staying silent on this one. Yeah. You know, and why does it get to that point kind of thing? You know?
1: Yeah, I, I totally hear it. And I've, I've given a lot of thought to it uh, actually, because I know how I am and I know I don't go on Twitter and, and make, you know, major statements every day or every week. So I, but, but again, I hope, you know, I hope I'm living my life in a way that's that's representative of what I believe and, and that I'm treating people fairly and, and acting appropriately. But yeah, I think, and I, I also think another part of that is, and I, again, I can't speak for those guys, but I can speak for, you know, other people that I've heard talk about it. And that is you know, you, you have to be ready because whatever, whatever position you take, you're going to get, you're going to get lit up. And that doesn't, you know, you, you also have to be ready to write your statement properly. And, um, and, and I guess, you know, hit the right buttons that people want you to hit, or it's, you end up, um, in a, in a tough spot of criticism as well.
0: Yeah. You never had anyone do something ridiculous, not like a streaker. Like we saw uh, the other day, but like no one say anything really uh, racist or ignorant while you're on a broadcast, and you either had to gloss over it or you know act like nobody heard it or not say anything or they told you hey no, nothing like no, that no, in softball. No, life.
1: we we really haven't. I've been on a couple gotcha. where they uh, where they wanted us to stop talking about uh, something that was happening, but it wasn't inappropriate in that way. It was just gotcha. hey let's not talk about you know, the NCAA ruling here or mm. there, something like that.
0: Yeah. Appreciate your sentiments. Candy or popcorn at the movies? Popcorn. Do you go to the movies anymore?
1: I haven't been in a while.
0: <laughs> Wait, butter?
1: I no. Just oh, how yeah. it comes. Uh, a little bit. I'm trying little to control myself here.
0: You look amazing.
1: Oh, f- thank you. It's for those of you watching, for those of you listening, filter. she
0: looks amazing. She's got this beautiful top <laughs> and her hair is did and She's got the flowers behind her. I don't know what's over her right shoulder. It's a we'll quote say. of some it's sort. Something. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Uh, yoga or meditation? Neither. Neither? Wow. Interesting. You never tried it? I you probably
1: don't... need them, desperately <laughs> need them both, but uh, yeah. I
0: teach yoga. Just let me know. We can do a, a different kind of Zoom one I'm
1: day. I'm grossly inflexible.
0: You don't have to be flexible. That's not what it's about. It's, Is it's that about... right? being in, looking internally.
1: Okay, but I thought you had to do some moves.
0: Nah, oh heck no. You don't have to do moves. It's just about being in your breath and and being mindful. That's it.
1: Okay, well I might
0: my... I know that probably just saying comfortable <laughs> my future I love it. Wait, waffles, pancakes or French toast?
1: Uh, French toast if all things are equal.
0: Wow. You ever had uh French toast with challah bread? No. Yeah, it's a Jewish bread. It's got to be on your bucket list. Uh, <clears throat> so, who's your favorite sports team of all time? Any sport?
1: I'm going to go with the Rabestus right Cats.
0: Wow. Can you tell people who they are? I'd be quite honest with you. I don't know. So there Maybe, was I a, it must be a softball team.
1: Yeah, it was a women's fast pitch team, um, women's soap, I was amateur for so long, but when I was little, wow. that was the pinnacle. So when I was little, there was no Olympics. Um, there was right. no dream. So the the greatest thing that could ever happen to you would be to play for the Ray Bessis breakettes and all wow. the legends were there. Um, and so I, I actually uh, got a chance to do that at 27 years old. So it took me wow. a while, but I got there.
0: Man, that's amazing. I absolutely love that. Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I hope I'm here.
0: Yes, absolutely. But do you have any (laughs) other things on your bucket list uh, professionally that, uh, or have you just always been of the mindset of you're just going to pay attention and when those crossroads happen, whatever comes in my path?
1: Yeah, I'm going to pay attention and whether I'm in it or out of it, I, I really love to see uh women's team sports arrive in the professional space and and um you know again i I would tell you like i am never i'm never looking for a handout i don't ever say that you should that women should have this opportunity because men do women should have this opportunity because they're deserve they're as deserving of it because they're putting out at least as good of a product In the sports entertainment space as their male counterparts and men shouldn't have it just because they're men and i think that is the case a lot of times so i would like to see if you can't tell uh that would mean a lot to me to see uh women's team sports arrive and women be able to make a, a living in the way they should uh in those areas
0: absolutely i hope there's a wnfl one day That would be amazing.
1: Because you want women to get concussions too.
0: (laughs) That was pretty good. I see why ESPN hired you. Uh, What was your best pitch?
1: A drop ball by far.
0: So that's where it looks like it's a fastball and then it just drops off the table right at the end. Mm -hmm. How do you hold that?
1: You can hold it um, one of two ways.
0: So. Yeah, like so you with, could
1: hold it with the with the
0: horseshoe. Are you impressed? I got a softball here.
1: I'm very. I, I at so
0: Harvey I have Penick's one. book, and I have a softball here today. I have
1: one. Hang on a second. This is
0: a <laughs> lot easier. She's going to get it for those of you just listening and not watching. This is a Great lot easier too, than too, me showing the you. Oh, there we go.
1: So it, you can let it roll Super-nate off. Supinate or pronate? Pronate.
0: Pronate. Gotcha. Like a screwball.
1: Yeah, but you come over the top this way. <laughs>
0: Oh, right. So facing down, like, yeah, like, right. So the reverse of what you would do with golf. Interesting. Wow. I've never
1: connected it to golf. So.
0: <laughs> well, golf, you want to bring Except your for Harvey down. Penick. That's right. Except for Harvey Penick. Do you have a favorite Broadway uh, play that you've been to that you, that you like?
1: I'm going to tell you that I really like to play called if then and i went to see it by myself i'm such a broadway nut that i will go by myself and it starred idina menzel and that's why i went but it is a it is a really cool uh concept about you know when you hit paths in your life if you had if you had gone to school here who would you have met who would you have married who would, where would you have been or if you went to school here what happened? What happened? What happened? So it was really neat in that way. And I saw it again when it came to Nashville. Um, wow. But I still have the soundtrack on on my uh, on my playlist. And I, I loved it.
0: As she uh, has the dog over her right shoulder laying down on the dog bed, ladies and gentlemen. I <laughs> love it. Hi, buddy. We love you. Yeah, we do. Okay, last question. So if you could have five people, there it is. If you could have five people at your dinner table, past or present, dead or alive, who would be at your dinner table?
1: You know, it's it's going to be hard for me to populate, but here's what I thought yesterday. <laughs> I saw this picture and, I, and I'm not really into this question. People say, well, who would you want to have dinner with? That kind of thing. Um, but yesterday I saw this picture and I said, definitely her. And it was Amelia Earhart. Oh. And it was wow. at... I think it was at the airport hmm. at Dallas in Dallas hmm. yeah I, I'm positive that it was and and I I thought that so I'm going to give you her that's what I got
0: perfect I love it well anything else the stage is yours uh you know if you want to shout out anything uh, or anything else we didn't cover that you want to let people know that uh, is important that you think can help uh, put a better tool in their toolbox and help them be a better version of themselves uh it's all yours
1: uh I, I don't know if I'm going to go that deep, but I will tell you that uh, Athletes Unlimited Basketball launches this Thursday, right? And that's five weeks of basketball, 30 games, and uh, it's in Dallas. It should be fantastic. Every single one of them is airing in at least a couple places. Most of the time, we just announced the WNBA League Pass. So 25 of the 30 games are on League Pass. And I do want to say this. I think a lot of times in women's sports, and we experience this constantly in the NPF, uh, we not only experienced adversarial challenges from the outside and being a women's professional sport, but we had adversarial challenges from inside, every minute of that league existing. And I think that a lot of times we don't, we talk about it and it's, It's the right thing to say, and it sounds good to everybody. Let's hold hands, let's support each other. But people aren't really there when it boils down to it. They're competitive and they want to, you know, they want to do something different. And a lot of times, women's sports cannibalize each other, and that existed in softball for a long time. It will probably exist again. But when we announced this deal with uh, the WNBA League Pass, that they would carry 25 of our games the social outpouring was overwhelming and people on their own were saying so refreshing to see women supporting women truly. And to see the WNBA, what a positive move they're making here to carry another league's games on their platform. We're not competing with the WNBA. Right. We're, we're in a completely different time with them. So it makes perfect sense that we would work together. And when you don't have anything, when you don't have, anything and one group gets something why would you split the difference and try to you know really separate the attention that's that's happening so i think um you know i think that's one of the things that i i absolutely love it's never lost on me with athletes unlimited women supporting women are our players from the other leagues supporting the the players of whatever leagues happening in every way and i think it's um It's super cool and it's where the world needs to be. And so that may sound a little cheesy to say the reflection, but I will tell you, I honestly think Jonathan Soros is, was very intentional in, in the idea and the move and John Patrick as well. And I think that's, that's what they had in mind. And so it's interesting that, that those two men are the ones that are showing us all how to play, play well together in women's sports.
0: Well, yeah, it's a phenomenal model. And I think it's going to be talked about uh, not only in professional sports and continue to be a model for future professional sports, but uh, in history books, uh, in sports marketing classes. I mean, the ripple effect of this is, is uh, something that we're just not going to really understand until later and as we go forward for the next 50 years of you know, Title IX and um, you know, making sure that we have equitable opportunities for everybody, in particular women so man flowers to you no pun intended there are flowers over your right <laughs> and left shoulder um uh, respectively and uh just fascinating conversation again uh, shout out to scott uh, miranda um yes, at athletes unlimited time. and eileen hauser she was going to try and make it but she's busy obviously uh launching
1: basketball
0: running, launching basketball so again uh, sherry camp vice president executive producer of athletes unlimited thank you again for joining us today i hope you enjoyed the uh experience and i uh, hope i i didn't ask too many deep questions but that's just part of you know what i enjoy doing is you know getting to some of these issues that you guys support you know in particular in athletes unlimited so thank you again and uh much love and respect and uh, have an amazing year too
1: thank you so much appreciate it thanks for having me on and all much right
0: love and utmost respect to you
1: thank you you right, keep that good. shirt clean and Right. Oh, heck
0: yeah. It's not That's easy with dogs you. either. I, I got You made it.
1: me I got it. want it. I don't have that one, but I like it.
0: And yeah, I need a hat too to match. So I asked Eileen, but I I might have to go on and just, you know, get one. Eileen
1: out, so. can get you anything.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, have an amazing day. Yeah, what's what's on tap for the rest of the day? Any any uh, big plans? I'm sure you got- Oh, well, what is? Meetings. There's
1: a broadcast production call right now that I'm late to. Go ahead. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Share your camp, everybody. All right. Awesome stuff. Phenomenal conversation. And, you know, we need more people in that space supporting women's youth sports, uh, intercollegiate athletics, and professional sports. And, wow, um, I got to be honest with you. I didn't know the story about uh, League Pass uh, and the WNBA uh, broadcasting um, those games. I, I did not see that. I did not come across that. So that's my bad. Uh, but that is that is just beautiful. And talk about the ultimate collaboration. Uh, I just hope that the WNBA gets charter flights uh, for the WNBA players for this upcoming year because uh, anything less is ridiculous. They should not be on any commercial flights ever again. Until next time, thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, we added some value to your life and uh, there was some inspiration, motivation, and or education today and until next time thanks again for joining us everyone much love here are today's outtakes everyone enjoy
1: nice shirt
0: thank you you know i gotta i gotta represent sherry come on now
1: very nice i'm impressed
0: yeah i gotta get a hat but i would have wore the sparty hat today anyways uh you know in memory of all the people lost over there so
1: it's terrible terrible
0: yeah, it's a lot different than when we were kids, right?
1: I can't. It's just it's it's difficult to even imagine how you go to school and you're not sure if you're gonna be attacked or not.
0: Yeah, it's weird because I drop my daughter off every day and I sit there half the time for 15 minutes and do work in my car, and I look at that gate and I think to myself, it's not hard. They could walk right through there, you know, even if the custodian came and locked it so it's like what do you do you know, know. It's, it's, it's nuts
1: it's a, it, it really is it really I mean, is the, the guy at crazy. michigan
0: state walked five miles <laughs> before someone figured out that it was him yeah yeah crazy well <laughs> uh on that note i guess right uh, yep. I usually I usually do a formal intro, so I appreciate you joining me on this holiday today. Uh, sure. I didn't think I realized that when I initially set it up, but Scott set it up, so shout-outs to Scott.
1: I He's booked bro- a whole day of stuff. I booked an all-player call. I did all this stuff, and oh. I was like, oh, it's President's Day.
0: <laughs> nice. I just uh, t- uh, chatted with uh, Crystal Bradford because uh, you know she was on the show uh, when we had uh, the Legends of the Ball on with Elizabeth Galloway McQuitter and, and all of those, you know, amazing board members and, you know, original players from the original yeah. W. Yeah. And so Crystal joined us because what we were trying to do was uh, sort of bridge the the historical gap, you know, which on the women's side, we don't see it the same way that we see it on the men's side. We know the history of the men's game, but we do not know the history of the women's game across the board. And so she came on, you know, because she didn't know those people. She didn't know Elizabeth and, you know, Machine Gun Molly and, you know, a lot of those people that played in the original W, the WBL. So it was cool to have her on. And, uh, you know, she's an incredibly talented person, uh, an, an amazing woman, lost her sister a couple years ago uh, suddenly. And so, you know, we've just established a relationship and she's amazing and she is possibly one of the most underrated players in the WNBA. No bias I've, I'm a professional basketball skills trainer. I've seen a lot of players over the years. She can flat out ball.
1: It's funny how that happens sometimes that somebody, uh, I I think it's probably, you know, less prevalent than, than other situations, but I, I, it happens in, in all sports where you're like, that person is really good you just are not noticing her because of whatever you know she's blue collar or she's not flashy or she's not in a flashy spot
0: oh heck yeah yeah i mean i'm sure there's politics like there is in everything or you know the fact that you played at central michigan
1: yeah there's that
0: you know whatever the case may be but um all right let me do a formal intro and then right. we'll chop it up and rock and roll i'm excited uh how's the how's the audio sound on your end it sound okay
1: perfect yeah you sound great
0: well you know you're an expert in this area so you know if if you give me the the thumbs up and and the okay then i'm i'm pumped about that
1: so you want to know my pet peeve right now talking of audio what irritates me and I, my my full transparency is that my nephew is a play by play guy for ESPN but oh i cannot stand and this happened on the south carolina um old miss it, uh no south carolina you who who they play who was the big game the other day uh tennessee's colleges i don't know who was maybe
0: tennessee yeah they play a lot but of big games lately
1: big game and you can't hear the announcers because they have the crowd so loud it kills me like there's no volume i can turn it up in my living room to hear the announcers clearly
0: like yeah that'll drive you nuts either that or listening to bill walton
1: oh god i i can't take that either no i'm with you
0: that guy oh shout out to bill man he's reinvented himself even though he's uh he went off the other day on something did you hear that he was he was literally going doesn't in doesn't he on, do
1: that every time Does, somebody who he a called shtick?
0: out a, <laughs> that is a shtick but he was serious about calling someone a troll i was like wow this is interesting yeah good old bill man yeah bill went through a lot uh physically so you know i'm glad that he's feeling good and yeah and a lot of homeless stuff here that he you know really uh, advocates for and you know so uh sidebar shout out to bill Walden. okay so let's rock and roll all right let's do it boy that was phenomenal great job and much love to everyone hope you enjoyed it thanks for joining us remember black lives matter stop the bullying stop the asian hate contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular, those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co Forty Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand, and they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co, because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible and uh, they have my full support and also wanted to remind all of you if you're having a tough time you can always call the suicide prevention lifeline and that number is 800-273-8255 that's 800-273-8255 and now you can call 988 that's it all you got to do is dial 988 from any phone and they are available 24 7 365 days a year. and if you want to follow me on social media or check out other episodes of this amazing sports deli podcast or any of my other podcasts go to my link tree at Linktree backslash mike hootner and if you'd like to support us at the sports deli we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or Feel free to make a donation monthly, either $0.99 cents a month, four ninety nine dollars a month, or nine ninety nine a month. If you have uh, questions about that, send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, you can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. link at the bottom to support the show. Please check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Make sure that we continue the conversations with regards to three strikes and you're out and mandatory minimums, especially people that are in jail for nonviolent offenses. So those things need to change. And remember, gents and ladies, please remember to do your monthly self-breast examinations. And remember, guys, this afflicts about 1,500 men annually with about a third of those resulting in death. So we want to make sure that we do our monthly self-breast examinations, both men and women. And guys, remember to do your self-testicular examinations every month as well. Until next time, remember, it takes a village. I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember, it takes a village. Much love, everybody.